into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? On the air with Imagine If number 10. Double digits! <laughs> That's right, this double digits. This is a digits. big, big moment. We, we finally got there. Uh, I mean, if you don't count in the, the character 101s, which uh, I think we both have a lot of fun with, uh, this, this is number 10 of just a straight up Imagine If, where we toss out challenges to each other. That's awesome. And you know, 10's always a fun number. Like, I always remember, as a comic book fan... When a comic book would first start up, as soon as it hit that tenth issue, that was always exciting because now it's like, oh man, double digits, you know, <laughs> twelve. You know, I guess I didn't pay attention to the numbers, but that should have been a big one too because that meant a year. a year, yeah. You know, but they and usually had the annual. annual yeah. yeah. But then it was like, man, so the next big number is twenty-five. That's when you start celebrating <laughs> again. So uh, keep us around, folks. We want to get there just as much as you want us there too. <laughs> so uh, there we are. We we are. Uh, on the verge, I want to say of of uh, Captain America: Civil War, and you know, yes, that's uh, <laughs> a very that's a big movie. I think uh, that I can't wait to, for it to come out. Obviously, to get you know, maybe to get the taste of uh, Batman v Superman out of my mouth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about that to to length, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. No, but well, but I, I will agree with you. It will be nice to have like. I mean, so far this year, I've been happy as a comic book movie fan. I've been happy, but I'm, you know, frothing at the mouth for Civil War. Because, like, oh, I love Winter Soldier. So it's not only just continuing um, continuing the story of Captain America. It's continuing the story of, of Bucky. Bucky. yeah. So I'm, exactly. I'm always excited for that, you know. I'm just like, all right, what are we going to do? How's this going to go? And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there we go. We have uh, – we definitely have – uh, some some stuff to look forward to. We uh, uh, already put out in uh, character one hundred and one for Black Panther from that movie, and uh, we'll have to see if he holds up to what we know of his character. Uh, I think we have plans for a character one hundred and one of Crossbones, yeah, he'll basically be good because of that about. movie. If uh, uh, being played by one of my favorite uh, actors of present day, Frank Grillo, he was in Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, playing same character, just the pre-mask <laughs> version. Yeah. So uh, now, now we'll see him as uh, as as crossbones in in Civil War. So I can't wait to see that and talk about it when we get to that one on one. I am definitely very excited to see his evolution, and the actor is just amazing. So yeah, I I can't wait to see what he's going to bring to that to that guy. <laughs> and then uh, let's talk about it. I I I, I know you've seen it, and because. Oh. <laughs> who, who, who would, uh, what kind of comic book reader would you be if you didn't see it? But the Doctor Strange trailer. That was awesome. Um, right? I mean, for a teaser trailer, oh. if you want to call it that. I mean, it was everything that I wanted to see in a Doctor Strange you know, movie. That, that was great. Um, it's funny because, like, okay, so I remember my first exposure to Doctor Strange. Um, they made this book. It was, it was like a 99-cent comic book, and it was called Spider-Man Classic. 
It's basically they would reprint old Spider-Man comic books. And obviously when Spider-Man first appeared, he appeared in Amazing Fantasy number 15. And, you know, it's like maybe a 10 to 12 page store. So like half a comic book. So obviously, you know, they can't sell that for a dollar. I mean, they could. But, you know, back then they were like, no, we want to make sure the fans get a full book. You know, so then they gave you the second part of the book was was the origin of Doctor Strange, his first adventure. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, you know what's neat about Iron Man? Because he was a character created that you hated him, but then eventually you come to love him. And it's true because, I mean, he's an arms munition dealer. I mean, it's like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, greedy corporate bastards. No, that's Tony Stark. You know, like <laughs> just because it's Robert Downey Jr. No, that's that's that's, a, that's well, that's, I mean, you know, <laughs> in, in the, the day of his creation, it was the Vietnam War. And that's, you yep. know, it was very much a war that divided this country of whether or not we should be in. It. And this is when they updated for the movie. It's, uh, you know, Desert Storm 2 or whatever you want to call it, you know, Afghanistan a nation, uh, freedom yeah. fighting, whatever. Well, it's true. I mean, we, we, we basically, yeah, you're stan- your standard terrorist, terrorist cell that's, you know, anti-American and they go after, kidnap them. And, right. Yeah. So they and, totally but, updated it in that regard. So, well, yeah, but once again, you know, he's, it's, 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 a, it's a skirmish that, uh, you know, half the country believes that we should be and the other half doesn't think that we should. And he is a munitions dealer. He's uh He's no, uh, you know, a uh, 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 warlord. You know? Yeah, well, he is. You, you know, know? He, he's selling. He's selling arms. <laughs> Eventually, he finds out that he's he's his company selling arms to the bad guys. Uh, but well, I, I like that. I like that they did that. They they had him. You know, like even the bad guy was like Tony Stark. You are the Death Dealer. <laughs> so, but but anyways, I, I digress. So. The thing is, with Stephen Strange, he was a physician, right? Just had the best hands in the business, and he was a scumbag. He was such a scumbag. Like he's the orig- like one of the original. Uh, I'm a surgeon, so I have a god complex. Yeah, you know, you're in my hands. I'm cocky as fuck. So yeah, and uh, he he lived it up to a T. They did a great job with that. And then all of a sudden, he's in an accident. And it's just kind of like okay, you know. Like he's like, well, I'm okay, right? You know, my face looks good. How's everything else? They're like, no, your hands, your hands are shot, and they show that in the trailer. They do. He's got the wiggly hands. You're like, oh my god. Well, not god, just that. You, they, know? you see in the he's in the bed, and they've got the wires to his hands because it's yeah, he's in traction and stuff. Just like yeah, yeah. He's, he's so it's like oh my god, this is gonna be this is the real <laughs> stuff. And I just I thought what was really cool too. I just really enjoyed when like. I, I mean, I, this is how I viewed that scene, but when the Ancient One's talking to him, and he must have just said something stupid, like, whatever, I don't believe in your hocus-pocus <laughs> bubblegum crap. And she just, like, hits him, and, you know, his soul, his chi, whatever, <laughs> just falls out of the body. And, like, it's looking, and it looks, and it's like, hey, that's me. It's almost like and he looks a- at his hands, and he's like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is like real. It's almost like a forced astral projection she knocked his uh, soul out of his body. She knocked the shit out of it. It was so awesome. <laughs> and, I was like, wow. And to see Tinda, Tilda Swinton without, you know, with, with a bald head like that, you know, in there just schooling him and, and stuff. That's just, I, they said that, you know, it was it was going to be a big surprise that you when you saw Tilda Swinton in, in the role. And yeah. I would say it was. Oh, it was. It was just like, wow. That was, that was awesome. So I, I, um, I was very happy with that trailer. I didn't know what to expect, and it it left me with a smile. You know, it, great. It, the, the trailer was great from beginning to end. Yeah. So I am excited for that movie. November fourth, I believe it's when it's coming out. Can't so get that's here this year. Enough. God, oh, yeah. so that's crazy. So that means we still have our two Marvel Studio films. 
we have Civil War and Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we still have one of our DCEU films, Suicide Squad. Right. And we still have one of our Fox Marvel films, Correct. X-Men Apocalypse. We still have four more <laughs> movies, just superheroes. That's awesome. Remember when we were like, dude, we're going to get two this year. <laughs> that you was know? crazy. I know. Yeah. The year that we got uh, Captain America and Thor out in the same year. It's oh, like, my God. I right? couldn't believe it. But now, yeah, there's a, it's, it's, it's all set. It's, it's the age of the comic book. So I'm happy. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, technically, we've already gotten one Fox uh x-men movie this year with deadpool and it was great it, oh yeah you know it's knocked it out of the park uh and we've already got our our dc batman superman movie so from here on out it's just gonna be you know almost uh, almost double digit comic book movies yeah, every year there God. <laughs> well you know and it's fine because if you think about what's what's coming down the pipe okay suicide squad doctor strange those are new i mean x-men captain america those are safe bets Right, Batman and Superman, safe bet. Deadpool, new. So half of our slate was all new. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, that's go. that's insane. It's, but you know, I, I mean, at this point, a Marvel Studios movie is pretty bankable. It's pretty. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good chance that whatever it is, people are going to watch it. And I mean, I mean, just take a look at Ant Man. I mean, Ant Man was probably their one that they were really worried about. It wasn't going to do well. And it still did pretty well. I mean, well, didn't hell, do you go a step before that and you look Guardians. at um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Nobody knew what to expect, you know, because it's like, <laughs> hell, you, which comic series are they doing? Oh, okay, they're taking the, the DNA comic book series. Okay, cool. And it was a smart idea. And granted, yes, uh, Dan Abnett and oh Andy, I should know his last name, but those were, they call them DNA. They're a writing group, these two gentlemen. And they write fantastic stories and they wrote... Guardians of the Galaxy, I believe, Volume 3. If you haven't read that, you should. Go get the trades. They specifically re- released it in time for the movie. And it was just it was amazing. Uh, it falls right out of Annihilation. Actually, Annihilation Conquest. That's where you really want to start. And that's going to be your movie team. Oh, beautiful stuff. And the movie did it justice. Um, you know, Because it, it took those characters and put them on a different different quest and found different ways that they met but well, it was just just as awesome i think i think really with the the way that i'm guessing james gunn made that trailer edited the trailer together uh it, it just showed how fun the movie was going to be and that it was something that wasn't so definitely wasn't so serious when you have a raccoon and a talking tree or a walking talking tree right and and chris pratt who you know everybody had already loved from parks and rec he'd been on that show for yeah, was that thing seven years and then they gave him abs. <laughs> and then know? they so gave then him abs. Every woman, like every woman, was just like, oh, "Replay that scene real quick." He's like, "Jeez." <laughs> so that's you know that's just that. Um, now we also have, as of right now, we have. I think that they've finished. They just finished up filming of Wonder Woman. That's they, right. Uh, just started filming uh, Justice League oh, Part God. One. Um, We're so close. <laughs> what else? I mean. They, I imagine, or they just wrapped up the deal for Deadpool two with. Uh, yeah, that's with Ryan right. Reynolds. They just start Rumor has it. I think I heard out of this big Marvel, Marvel. Well, it's all like the movie slates are coming out. So I think they were talking uh, Marvel Phase Four, Guardians Three. I don't. I, I don't I doubt that. it. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's Guardians bankable. Two comes out next summer, so. Uh, what, I think it's pretty bankable that those characters are all lovable at this point. Yep. Uh, and then, and then the, the other big news uh, that came out just this week is. Uh, 
Ben Affleck finished up his 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 uh, script for his solo Batman movie. Yeah, but then it's officially on the Warner Brothers it's, slate. It's officially on the Warner Brothers slate, and it's official that he's going to direct it. So that's all ready to go too. It's it's no one stopping, no one slowing down. Yeah, it doesn't matter what anybody says about any of these movies; they're all. Uh, full steam ahead. Which take that, Steven Spielberg. I'm happy. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I understand what, what Spielberg was saying. He's saying it, it's going to all eventually go the way of the the, cow, the, the western. Oh, of course. I but imagine, guess what? You know, westerns are coming back into t- into style again. Yeah. So that means comic book movies will eventually come back around. Well, I mean, it's all it's all part of the cycle, and the fact that Marvel or the fact that comic book movies got into part of that cycle is amazing. No kidding. You know, and not just into that cycle; they have now become staple. Of movie going, you know, that's true. It's, yeah, if you don't have a uh, a comic book movie coming out in the next three months, your comp- your studio is failing. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you people doing here? You know? Yeah, so it's it's awesome. Any other particular? Well, let's just get into some actual comic book news. All right, so in the comic book side of things, okay, so because um, that's where all these movies came from. Yeah, I don't the, know. Most people don't know this. The genesis of it all. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously Zack Snyder doesn't. Yeah. Oh. Oh. sorry, I'm just kidding, folks. I'm no, just kidding. He, he's actually right. <laughs> in a comic book, they'd have an asterisk by what he said, <laughs> and Mitch, as the assistant editor, would have written, "I'm just kidding," and then Chris, as the assistant editor, would have said, "No, he's not." <laughs> Um, the comic book humor that nobody understood. Nobody just word right bubbles and <laughs> in, in, uh, editor boxes. boxes. What kind of crap is that? Get out of the way of my art. Um, no, but so let's see. Okay, so in the, in the comic book realm of things. Okay, so be on the lookout. Get to your nearest comic book store ASAP and see if you can get yourself a copy of the DC previews. Um, so there's this big book. It's the size of a phone book, and you buy it every month so you can throw it away. <laughs> so it's called the Previews Catalog. And the Previews Catalog, it basically gets you all the upcoming information that's going to be coming out. With, I think it's like two or three months. I think it's three months. I think it's a three-month difference. So you look at it now, and it'll tell you what you can buy three months from now. So you order. You order through your comic book dealers. Um, if you're here in local Yuma, Arizona, I'm going to do a little shout-out. FanQuest. Diane will help you out with that. So the previews book used to be its own big phone book. And then Marvel was like, screw that. We're cool. So they created the Marvel previews. So it's this little book that goes with this big book. Well, this month, DC decided to do their own because they didn't want to spoil WonderCon's big announcement of DC Rebirth. So the catalog just got released. You can go online, view it for free, PDFs, all that fun stuff. Um, get one. It's a neat thing to save because I don't know if you got to see that the cover, um, the full wraparound cover of this catalog is a big mystery clue. We see three hourglasses falling. One of the hourglasses is um, like old school JS, JSA characters. Um, I wouldn't say like bank on the art because the artist is probably just you know whomever. I'm not too sure. But inside that hourglass, we see the original Doctor Fate, uh, the original Atom, Jay Garrick, Flash, Doctor Midnight, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, Our Man, and Black Canary, which is interesting. Um, in the middle hourglass, we see kind of like a Silver Age-looking JLA. So Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Now we see a Flash. You're probably going to presume it's Barry Allen because of the time. But his belt is covered, and that used to be the big, like, oh, we know which Flash it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a Batman, and for those of you keeping score, he's got a black bat with a yellow oval around it. Uh, Wonder Woman, Superman with red trunks, Ray Palmer Adam, Martian Manhunter, and Cyborg. And they're all in their own time gla- or hourglass. 
And then finally, the one that takes the main cover, it's um, an hourglass that's being shattered. And out of that hourglass, we see Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lanterns, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, Batman, Shazam, Aquaman, Superman, Damian Robin, Superboy, which I'm assuming is Jonathan Kent, uh, Batgirl, and Flash. And one thing I didn't catch at first is there's actually a hand holding that hourglass at the bottom of the art. So go get yourself one of those previews. That's obviously the big mystery clue. What does it mean? Who's holding the glass? Why are they trapped? All kinds of fun stuff. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Um, the Batman in that one, the one that's coming out of the hourglass, has a symbol that has a yellow outline around the Yeah, directly the like a highlight around the, the bat. The bat, yeah. Which kind of makes, you know, like... I mean, because they show the one with the, the yellow oval... And it's kind of like, you know, maybe it's combining that, you know, like we don't have a yellow oval anymore, but it's kind of a yellow outline and it's it's kind of combining the two. Yeah. Well, that's the new costume that debuted, um, I believe, Batman issue 50. Mm-hmm. So Greg Capullo, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his last name. I think but it's Capullo. Capullo. Oh, yeah. So Greg Capullo, he's the one who designed the new Batman costume because Bruce Wayne's Batman again. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, Jim Gordon's no longer Batman, right? Because Gotham. No, but uh, so anyway, so yeah, um, we got <laughs> Bruce Wayne's back in the driver's seat and that's the new costume he wears. So not too bad. Um, stories, clues across the DCU. So two major books, well, actually, to um, a major story arc. Um, they called it um, Super League. I think they changed the name. But so far, as of this broadcasting, or recording, actually, would be the right word, uh, we have two parts in. So there was a Superman-Batman part. So basically, we kind of find out that, you know, the new 52 Superman is dying um, so who's gonna who's gonna help take care of things? So new Superman goes to new Batman, and he's like, "Hey, I'm dying." And then Batman's actually compassionate about it. He's like, "What can I do to help you? Like, let's do this, let's solve it, let's fix it." And <coughs> Superman's actually basically kind of like, "No, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with dying." So obviously that storyline's gonna lead right into the big DC rebirth. Um, make sure you're reading um, Lois and well Superman, Lois and Clark. That's the one that has the adventures of the pre-52, post-crisis, pre-Flashpoint, whatever you want to call them. That's Superman from the <laughs> 80s, uh, the Superman and Lois Lane, where they're, where they're dealing with their stuff. Um, so anyway, so that's what's kind of going on big in the DCU right now, if you want to read. Of course, all your favorite characters there, so check those out. Um, what was funny, I found this interesting. So I always love when the two companies kind of do the same thing. I, I, I know people get annoyed or they're like, oh, what a copycat. I think it's fun. I think it's neat. Hence why we do what we do. You exactly. Know? Um, but anyway, so there's a book called Harley Quinn and Her Gang of Harleys. And if I remember today, I think the first issue came out and it also got green lit. It is now a full series instead of a limited series. Okay. Um, so one thing that I do find funny, and I don't know if this is kind of maybe poking at Jeff Johns or, or whatnot, but it almost kind of has like an emotional spectrum to it. Because <laughs> we've got Harley, and she wears like a black and red corset. Um, there's actually a guy on the team. He's green. There's a woman on the team. She's purple. Another woman is orange, another woman is pink, another woman is blue. And the one woman, I can't tell. I'm guessing she might be black and white. But they almost have the seven different, you know, Roy G. Biv spectrum going on. So I don't know if that's kind of a poke at things. 
Um, so anyway, so that got greenlit. So if you're a big fan of Harley Quinn, there's an extra book for you to get. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing when, you're, when your favorite character gets popular. <laughs> but hey, exposure can sometimes be neat. There you go. Um, which is funny, though, because on the Marvel fence, we have a book. Hey, who's close enough to Harley Quinn? Deadpool. <laughs> hey, if Harley Quinn can have a team, Deadpool can have a team. That's right. So we have Deadpool and the Mercs for money. Um, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, I think, is already out. I think it's like two or three issues in. So that book actually got greenlit. And one of the original pieces of uh, artwork that came out of it actually shows Deadpool surrounded by various other Deadpools with different color schemes. So literally blue, green, yellow, orange, um, indigo, violet, and then red Deadpool at the center. Um, we've come to discover that these characters are from the Marvel Universe. Like, one of them is, um, oh, a Madcap. He used mm-hmm. to be a Captain America villain who would love to incite riots with uh, with madness and stuff like that. So there's a couple different characters. So they're also going to have an ongoing book. So I do find it funny that, you know, both of these are the same idea. So it's like, okay, well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's take our fourth dimension character, our fourth wall-breaking character, and give him a team of other crazies, and let's just let it go. So that's awesome. I did find it was funny that Stingray is on that team. <laughs> I know. Talk about an interesting choice because Stingray, to me, is totally. I, I guess maybe they're like, hey, let's get a wet blanket. Stingray. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, that would be perfect. Literally, <laughs> and he is Stingray from the water. So it's like, oh, because, you know, he's a scientist before he's a superhero. So right. That's, exactly. That's hilarious. Um, let's see. Um, the big stuff to be watching for right now. So Brian Michael Bendis is well, writing. Well, before you get onto oh, that, like, okay. I just. I, I thought it was funny. Or I, I remember when you first brought up the whole. Uh, imagery that they're using for this rebirth is with the the hourglasses right right and we talked about this is that there's no hour man in the new 52 universe yet right and i mean it seems like a very very big uh well it's a, a, a an absence a disservice absence, whatever you, you want to call it. yeah yeah so uh and and our man being you know of the jsa or he's the, a founder the, the, well he's not only is he founder but of the original of those like golden age silver age characters that, that's he's one of my favorites like just the idea of him having that hour of power just is like I think it's really cool. Now here's a question I've got for you because I know you, you you do like the character. We've we've had many talks on this. Now did you like him because of JLA one million when we got the Android Hour Man? Is, is <laughs> that, that was my first. That was not 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 to joke, but that was my first uh, outing for Hour Man. Like I figure, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is what what did he call himself? Rex Tyler, I think. Rex Tyler, yeah, because it was yeah. Rex TikTok Tyler. Was yeah. His, Nickname. So he just called, or I think he just called himself Tyler. Well, so the android, Android, yeah, he eventually took on the Tyler name. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, yeah, we, I think they tried to merge the two characters where it's like he kind of picked up the subconscious consciousness. So, yeah, something something like that. that. And then, like, he had, he ended up having that, uh, because there's the point where the original Rex Tyler was going to die. And he takes him out of that moment right before he dies. Oh, yeah. Zero hour. yeah, Yeah. And he puts him right in the middle of a, uh, a, a moment that constantly repeats itself. So then Rick Tyler, who's always had problems, you know, with drugs and stuff like that because his dad took Miracle O pills. Yeah. So you know, he's kind of had a drug problem. Yeah, he's got the dependency. So yeah. he, he, uh, he would be able to talk to his dad, but only for a duration of, well, yeah, well not but even, the time they had together was, was one was hour. One hour yeah. yeah. So he could only, he'd, only, he'd, he'd ration out the time. Basically, yep. so get to the point, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, they were able to get him out of there. Oh, yeah, they and got him out of the loop. They let him live, and God, that was such a yeah. JSA, that was such a fun book. Yeah, um, when you, when Jeff Johns was doing that with uh, oh, well, even before he got on it, the, yeah, um, no, you're right. Because uh, the, the initial oh God, he's such a great writer. I, I feel bad that I'm missing his name. Um, oh, 
It's okay. I mean, it's it, not, it sucks it's that a, we do it. Okay, well, Cry for Justice. Do you remember who wrote Cry for Justice? I don't remember who wrote Cry for Justice. Robinson. Uh, James Robinson. James Robinson, you're right. James Robinson, Thank you. good. Uh, James Robinson. He and um, I think David Goyer. Yeah. They pitched and were successfully greenlit to write JSA the book because there was JLA. And they did, uh, it was called Crisis Times Five. Mm-hmm. And so that brought Jay Garrick and Alan Scott and Wildcat to the front. And then so we introduced J.J. Thunder and his Lightning Bolt, which was an offshoot of Johnny Thunder and his Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. um, and a couple other legacy characters. And then basically they, they took the ball, ran with it, and then Goyer got really big with these movies. I don't know how. <laughs> That's right. I said it. So anyway, he, um, he, he got big into the movies, so James Robinson needed somebody to help him with the book. Hey, let's get this scrappy kid, Jeff Johns. Let's put him in there. <laughs> and amazing. You just had a license to print money. And then he had uh, <laughs> Stars and Stripes come back and then oh, Stargirl. Yeah. And, well, uh, even Sand. What a cool Sand, character. Sand was a great Sandy, guy. Sandy the Golden Boy. Who gives a shit? Who eventually a became a giant uh, like sand-based monster and then now he can control his powers. And he's, yeah, he's, he's like sand. Sandman but good and like you know James Bondish kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, he was awesome. Awesome. So yeah, that was that was the book. That was the legacy book. Uh, you know, you got to see generations of people when when they eventually had like what was it? Uh, Citizen Steel. Yep, Citizen you know, Steel. They had of, uh, um, Commander Steel. Commander or Steel. S- was it Sergeant Steel? Sar- uh, I think they did both. They might have. Now I know he was Steel for a while, right? And then they had to give him a, a military term because of Steel from the Superman books. Who right. they want to confuse the two? Because um, you know, we got Cyborg and Super Superman, or Cyborg yep, Superman, Cyborg Superman, <laughs> so. Hank Henshaw, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so yeah, we just had Legacy after Legacy, Judo Master, Judo Master, uh, Mister America, Mister yeah. America, God, uh, Liberty Bell, yeah. you know, and then what he did with Hawk Girl, you know, she, oh, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. the original Hawk Girl, she wound up going into her grandniece. So when her when her her essence. Was reborn. It was reborn into her grandniece, which was Kendra. Who, yep, who committed suicide. So that's why the memories were kind of not there, but kind of there. So when Kadar Hall comes back, and he's finally like, "I'm all the Kadar Hall. I'm all of it. I'm alien. I'm Egyptian. I'm all of it, and I love you." And she's like, "Who the fuck are you?" Because she had already had relationships with. Or she was having a relationship with uh, uh, Adam oh, Smasher, God. I think. Yeah. Well, no, the big one was Red Arrow when she was and dating Red, Red Arrow, Red Arsenal. Because yeah. then they broke up, and then he lost his arm and his daughter, and the city was destroyed. But that He was... deserved to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I mean, uh, so that is funny because that's the, the, the character they decided to go with in, uh, what is it? It was, well, Fla- in Legends of Tomorrow, basically. Right, right. Uh, you know, they have Kendra as the hawk. Girl who eventually, or hawk lady, hawk woman, whatever you want to call her, who you know eventually gets the idea that she has she has Shaira inside of her. Uh-huh. So it's, 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 I just thought it was funny that they used Kendra instead of just going straight with Shaira. Well, I think Kendra is obviously it's it's more recent, it's more relevant, right? Um, but that was the more interesting because no offense to hawk woman, hawk girl, um, female characters always did kind of get the, the short end of the stick. Oh, I mean, yeah. look at look at Susan Storm when she was first. You know, she was the Invisible Girl, and she was just always the girl on the team. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hey, Invisible Woman, she can do some stuff. She's the most powerful member of the team. <laughs> so for Hawk Girl, she never really had much going for her. And then, you know, once they wrote that, they gave her a strong female character. And plus, what was neat was she had to fight. She fought her destiny. 
You know, because she's kind of like, well, look, if I fall in love with Hawkman, we're going to love each other. We're going to die. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Blackest night. <laughs> uh, the ultimate cock block. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I think it's interesting that they're using hourglasses. I mean, of course, hourglasses are, are, are more than just our man in, in DC Comics. There's a... Uh, I guess there's some Legion books that that are very prominent with the uh, the hourglass and their and their times. At least that's what I saw when I was doing some uh, Google searching around right now or Google sleuthing. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they and and obviously it means a lot of things in just in life. You know, an hourglass, oh, hourglass is huge. Represents a lot of things. But I like to think that. Somewhere in there, Rex Tyler is manipulating some things for some reason. Well, I, I hope they do a lot for him because actually he was one of my early go tos when I was a kid. Yeah, um, I remember we actually had uh, at the fries in the, in the cooking aisle. They had the little wooden hourglass, <laughs> and I bought one and I would carry it around. I was like, "This is my hour of power," you know. Because I didn't know the full story of history of, of Hawkman of Hour Man. Because back then we didn't have the internet; you only had back issues that you could find, right? That so, you had to hunt down. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes I'd be reading Hour Man, and I was like, "Oh, it's him, or it's his son," you know. So I kind of I pieced it together. But I just thought, hey, he's a dude like me. He used science to figure out a way to give himself power. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely enjoyed him and. um Again, too, when when they when they do introduce the uh, Android Hour Man, great character. Um, so yeah, just just fun all around. So I, I immediately thought of you when I saw these hourglasses. Like, oh, Mitch is gonna like this. This is gonna be awesome, you know. So I hope uh, I hope it it piques your interest. I hope it gets you excited. Now you were saying about Brian Michael Bendis. Okay, so Brian Michael Bendis, he is currently helming the Iron Man books. Just, That's right. Books. They can jump from book to book, don't they? I yeah. Ugh, now you're going to bring out my ugly X-Men fan. <laughs> so he, um, he he was this guy writing whatever books. Uh, he was a horrible comic book artist, and but he was an amazing writer. And I think it was Jinx was his own creator, own book. And so Marvel approached him, and they're like, hey, uh, you want to come play in the big leagues? Sure, that'd be great. You want me to draw a book? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Write it. And they trusted him with one of the biggest, best books ever. Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, did you know it was only supposed to be an eight-issue miniseries? I did. Yep. Uh, eight-issue mini, and then it, what, like 150-plus books? Yep. Spawned its own ultimate universe? Oh, own universe. Oh, my God. You know, that was like that was, that was like that issue of what if, you know, Spider-Girl had lived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, hey, this is really good. Let's, let's make a whole universe out of it, a whole <laughs> series of books. Like, good job, whoever did that. So... Um, I mean, so, it even spawned a second Spider-Man. I mean, Miles Morales. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So much, so much change. And I mean, technically, you could argue it spawned the cinematic U too. It, definitely. I mean, if you don't, you don't have a a, a spunky. I want to say Mark Bagley probably decided to be like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to create. We're going to do Nick Fury. How about I make him look like?" Uh, Samuel Jackson. Well, I think actually that goes to the Ultimate. So that was. Who's I'm pretty a, sure he showed up. He showed up in Ultimate Spider-Man before he showed up in the Ultimate. You think? So? Oh, I, you might sure be right. Did. Actually, you might be right. All right, I think I think you might be right. Yes, yeah, so whoever made that call to be like, hey, let's uh, Samuel Jackson this. You know, <laughs> it happened. It stuck. And I'm sure Samuel Jackson. Somebody must have told him like, hey, have you looked at this comic? That's you, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then you know, uh, I mean. Eventually, then at the very end, in in two thousand, what was it nine when Iron Man came out? Is it two thousand nine, two thousand seven? I want to say seven. I think it might have been two thousand seven. But you know, Iron Man comes out, and 
Who knew to stay after the credits? I didn't know to stay after the credits in that first movie, so I had to go watch Iron Man again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you stay after, and all of a sudden walks out. I'd like to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. What? <laughs> he just said the A word. <laughs> he has an eye patch. Oh man, uh, what a great geek moment! <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was fantastic stuff. God, but yeah, so he, he jumped on the Ultimate Spider-Man, did a couple things here and there, got on Daredevil, was doing some cool stuff, and then Marvel's like, "All right, dude, we're trusting you with the big leagues, Avengers." And his first story arc was Avengers Disassembled, where he neutered the Avengers. <laughs> there were so many fans who were like, you're an asshole. You know, just like, that's what the letters were sometimes. And, you know, but what was cool about it was when he took over that book, everything that he did, everything that he either destroyed, he actually made it better. He made you care about it. Because it's kind of, it, it's the argument I remember DC presented uh, when they did Countdown to Infinite Crisis, when they did that big special. And it was scary because I remember they released the preview and the the cover, but the cover it was I think it was Superman art. No, it was Batman holding a dead body, mm. and the body was blacked out. And then the the book opens with Blue Beetle, and I was like, oh shit! Because <laughs> if they let the, the this little C list D list character talk, you're gonna die. So I was like, damn it, they're gonna kill him. <laughs> and then finally, DC just argued. They said, hey, you didn't care about the character enough to keep him alive. And it was like, wow, that's that's ballsy. Yeah. So when he, when Marvel did that, when Bendis did that with the Avengers, like, no, this is this is good. That's what makes you love these characters more. Wonder Man, I cared about him. I cared about him even more. Why? Because he could go at any moment. Right. There's me and five other people that like him. You know. <laughs> um, so anyway, so when when Bendis finally hung up his crown off the Avengers, he moved on to the X Men. Uh, Cyclops was his focus. I was excited. I thought the story was going to be fantastic. It was building. It was building. Notice my voice changes changed and everything was getting exciting and then it didn't. <laughs> it took eight months for an issue to come out and it was shit. It was just pure shit. It was like, wow, man. Um, because and, and no knock at him. I know he genuinely cared about his run on X-Men. He would talk about it. and I, I could hear the passion in his voice. I could see it in his words. But it was just kind of like I think he had this big long scope and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we need you on Iron Man because we want to do this, this, and this. And he's like, okay. Um, yeah, I could stop my X-Men run right here, and then let's go. <laughs> and it just kind of it did. It felt like this awkward pause. But the whole Marvel U got awkwardly paused because Secret Wars happened. Mm -hmm. We flash forward eight months, and then we come back, and things changed. So anyway, so Iron Man. Um, but the, the writer prior to Iron, uh, Bendis getting on there. Introduced the idea, actually two writers ago, introduced the idea that Tony Stark was adopted. So uh, uh, Howard and Maria Stark are not his birth parents. So right now we're finally starting to see the fruits of that. So that book's going to get played out. I think that's the International Iron Man. And then in the Invincible Iron Man book, we're going to see Mary Jane is going to start being a superhero now. She's going to have her own armor of some sort. So definitely be checking those books out. Um, I don't know. The Contest of Champions... The Ultimates, and I think New Avengers. There's something going on in those books. You should be reading them. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's seriously, there's, there's their own little crossover going on. So it's, it's very exciting stuff. If you're a fan of the, the Contest of Champions handheld game that's on the phones, there's this ISO 8 that's now part of the Marvel Universe. It's, it's, it's a thing. Um, so that book is spinning out of control. It's doing really good. And then we've got, let's see, um, Civil War Two is coming. 
So just in time for the movie. So it's going to be interesting. Um, and this time, it's uh, if no one is paying attention, it's Miss Marvel versus Iron Man. Yeah, Miss Marvel versus Iron Man. Change the future or protect the future. That's right. And so, if you've seen Minority Report, this is kind of what the the idea is. If uh, if you can predict the future, or can if you can predict the, predict the crime, should you stop it? Yep, should these people be held accountable be for something jailing they, them they because done of done. something they didn't do that they thought they would do? Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it rocks Marvel U. Uh, current storylines that are going on that are out, that are worth checking out. Once again, I cannot stop talking about Avengers Standoff. It's fantastic, and X Men: The Apocalypse Wars. It's going to finally start picking up a little bit of steam. So definitely check those out. Well, that's all in good. So let's go ahead and get on to our challenge. This was uh, my challenge week, so I. We went a little bit different, just like we did last the the last time. We went uh, with a uh, trying to rebirth or you know consolidate or however you want to do it in the Marvel U. Uh, this is a little challenge that we like to do just just for fun between the two of us. Sometimes come up with a team name and then fill in the roster just of uh, random characters and why these random characters would be together. Um, now I came up with the, with the name for your team. You came up with the name for my team. However, I let I gave the stipulations of what should be on the team. So I said, for, to recap for those uh, who didn't, might not have heard. Previously you know, seen. There you go. <laughs> In last issue. <laughs> Here, this is your uh, recap page at the beginning of the book. If, you know, because I think. If anybody reads those. Who's, I used to read those all the <laughs> time. I love them. I love because, them. like, back in the day. I was reading so many books. Sometimes you, you didn't keep the story straight, and well, it's tough, yeah. Because if you're following a character, you're reading him in his solo book, maybe his spin-off book, and the team book, right? And you're kind of like, wait, what isn't he on Mars? Yeah. But I thought he was old, and then he's in the future. <laughs> Cable, and then, and then sometimes when uh, you know the, the 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 comic book store that pulls your books misses a book out of a <laughs> month, and you're like, wait, did I miss a book? Oh, I think God. it'd be interesting to, you know, so the recap page always helped me when, when DC decided they weren't going to do that anymore. I think it was DC, or maybe it was Marvel. One of the two companies said, we're just not going to do that anymore. Yeah, I was we'll like, just why? open the book, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, here's your recap page. Basically, <laughs> it has to be a five-person team, and uh, one of them has to be a street-level hero, uh, a, mute, a magic user, and a mutant. Now you could have uh, since it's five people, you can have more than one mutant. You could have one more, more than one magic user, and one, more than one street level hero. But you had to have at least one of each one of those. Yep. So my team name that I gave you was uh, the working class, which you know sounds a little you know, communist, but <laughs> I, don't I was know. thinking more uh, Bruce Springsteen. You know? <laughs> oh, there you go. I like that better. But uh, <laughs> what did you come up with in the Marvel U? Okay, so let's say, you know, this this happens in the comic book companies. An editor comes up with an idea and just throws it at a writer and says, all right, this is the next book, make it happen. <laughs> this is my Stan Lee moment. So I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you trusted me as artist. We're screwed. <laughs> I'm going to try my best John Romita Jr. <laughs> he, okay, so um, the working class. All right, so the, the pitch of the book. Okay. So I was thinking about blue-collar people. That's what it got me thinking. I was like, all right, blue-collar. And it was tough because obviously most of them are going to feel street-level, you know? Right. And I was thinking about and I was like, okay, well, how can I tie a mutant, a magic user, and a street street guy together? And I was, you know, and I, I found myself kind of getting stuck sometimes towards, like, the defenders. But I was like, well, they can't be that. So I thought about another crappy team, Force Works. 
back in the nineties <laughs> when it was all about holographic and shiny chrome covers. Yeah, that's right. And Big like, muscles. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, you know all that stuff. And so that's where I'm gonna take a take a jab at it. Works working, you know. So that that's where it kind of comes through. So basically, in the fallout of the Secret War, we have all our heroes wherever they are. Now, one of the other themes about my team is they don't really have a secret identity. They're like always on. They are who they are. So the leader of this team is going to be the Scott Lang Ant-Man. He's going to get a team. He's hot right now. Screw it. This is going to be our Deadpool and the Mercs for money. So (laughs) he's basically kind of there. And he's just like, all right, you know, I'm Ant-Man. I work security. Um, I kind of do heroes for hire, but... You know, I always wind up teaming up with bad guys. And I'm like, this sucks because I've got a rep and people are going to, you know, think I'm a bad guy. So he's out. I believe he's out in the San Francisco area. If he's not, well, he is now. Okay. So he's going to be out there. <laughs> so we're going to have a situation go on where there's, you know, like some kind of supervillain on the loose, you know, stilt man just for fun, you know, because that's how low this book's going to be. <laughs> so stilt man's on a rampage. And, of course, Wonder Man's the first hero to be on the scene. Well, Wonder Man is, you know, he's out there shooting a movie, so he's pissed because he doesn't want to do superheroics anymore. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't mind helping out, but people hate him for that because they're kind of like, you're a superhero and you don't want to do the right thing? You're a jerk. (laughs) Because during Bendis' run on Avengers, he was very anti-Avengers. He even got to a point where he formed his own anti-Avenger league and attacked them. So, you know, people are kind of like, we don't really want to work with you. So he's almost... He's almost like like Booster Gold at the start of 52. You know, he's like he's trying everything to rebuild his image. Hey, blue and gold, interesting. Hmm. Bug-themed hero with a flamboyant superhero. Okay. <laughs> interesting. So anyways, so Wonder Man goes over there and he's fighting Stiltman. Ant-Man's nearby, he's fighting him. And it's funny because those two characters have a connection, but they don't know it. They're both former Avengers West Coast, but it was uh, Hank Pym, not Scott Lang. Correct. So, of course, Ant-Man's like, you know, just doing his thing. And, and Wonder Man's like, dude, maneuver seven, maneuver seven. And, and Scott's just like, um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you want to get lunch after this? You know, so Wonder Woman's getting in his face. He's like, dude, we could have done so much better on that battle. What's your problem? He's like, it's not Hank. It's me, Scott. And he's like, oh. Oh, my bad, you know, so they start talking. So that kind of, you know, that, that, that hints a little bit of a funly, fun, fun friendship and relationship and stuff like that. And so they're kind of talking about, you know, how crappy their lives are, you know, because Scott Lang's like, yeah, for some reason my criminal past is big because of the certain movie that came out. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then Wonder Man's like, yeah, you know, I'm basically kind of looked at like I am a criminal. So they think about, well, what, what can we do? You know, what should we do? So Wonder Man's like, I don't know. I think I got to do what I got to do that I don't want to do. I got to be a superhero. So they kind of talk about, oh, maybe we get some other superheroes that are down on their luck and try to figure it out too. So Wonder Man, being who he is, being a movie guy, he's like, well, I know Tigra's been on the scene. Lately, she's just been doing modeling work, you know, because she's got this beautiful physique. You know, she's very exotic since she looks like a giant female cat, (laughs) which I I can't believe I just said that. Uh, (laughs) You heard it here first. No, but anyways... So he, you know, he contacts Tiger, and again, they were part of the former, um, you know, Force Works slash Avengers West Coast. So they're like, "Yeah, that's cool. Let's let's totally, you know, let's let's start teaming up." And then, of course, Wonder Man, feeling kind of sad, and you know, understanding that Scarlet Witch is going through some stuff, 
he invites her to join the team because, again, she was another member of that. So those four are together. And, you know, obviously, again, another disaster strike. So the four of them go out there, and they're doing their thing. And in the saddest moment of all, and this kind of is going to hopefully raise awareness, we have a homeless veteran. That homeless veteran turns out to be U.S. agent. <laughs> so, you know, he's out there just kind of, you know, fighting his demons. And then it just so happens that I would love, obviously, I'd have to go back and read some Avengers West Coast comics. But I want to make sure that there's a panel that shows those characters with U.S. agent looking. And that's what's going to jog some kind of like memory out of his PTSD. So they're going to be fighting, and it'll be like, you know, they're, they're in a formation that looks just like an old 1980s comic book panel. And I would get my artist to totally do that panel and then have the original right next to it. And that's where you see him stand in and, like, freak out. So he grabs a trash can, Lynn, and he's like, all right, let's do this. And he just shouts out orders with confidence that the three of them, Scarlet Witch, Tigra, and Wonder Man, just kind of go back to the way it was. And Ant-Man's just like, okay, well, whatever, you know. And... So they they feel bad because after they, they defeat this bad guy, they're they're kind of like, oh my god, um, god I can't remember U.S. agents Johnny Wa- wasn't it Johnny Walker John Walker yeah John John Walker Johnny Walker wow you're set up for some disaster. <laughs> so they're kind of like, are you okay? What's going on? Now I don't know. I think I heard he's dead, but again, thanks to Secret Wars, <laughs> he's gonna be miraculously alive. You I know, know the last actual book that I saw him in it was Thunderbolts. He was missing a leg, missing an arm. Uh, but when the Thunderbolt prison got transported to another dimension, he ended up getting his his legs and arms back, and then he got uh, his uh, he got his suit back, and then he became part. I think he became part of one of the Dark Avengers teams or something like that. And then yeah, so you're I think you're good. Yeah, so Secret sure. Wars is just gonna totally wipe a lot of that <laughs> shit off. We're gonna play the fact that he was a former serviceman. He he. He volunteered for the project that gave him, you know, the Captain America upgrades that let him be Captain America. His own insecurities, insanities, PTSD kind of led him down a dark path. So he's going to start coming back. And he's going to be the character that I want to resurrect and actually make worthwhile again. So the first couple of arcs, the overall story is going to be his. So they're sitting there and they're kind of like, all right, you know, what are we going to do? You know, what are we, what are we going to be? And it's kind of like Scott's like, well... You know, I, I've been looking at security businesses and stuff like that, you know, but I was thinking maybe we could try to be heroes that way where we could work for corporates and, you know, try to stop uh, counter corporate espionage and stuff like that. And, you know, but then he's kind of like, but I guess it's not going to work because you all probably have private lives to go to. And there's just going to be a panel of them all sitting there looking at each other because they don't have a life. Mm. You know, Scarlet Witch. You look at her, you're like, hey, aren't you Wanda Maximoff? Run away. <laughs> Tigra, you look like a giant cat woman. Run away. Uh, U.S. agent, well, you're homeless. Uh, <laughs> Wonder Man, you've got these creepy red eyes, you know? So that's when kind of Scott realizes, like, wow, we're all bound together by this lack of a life. So part of the book is also going to be them, like, working class is double. Working class is the title of their team name so that's you know scott's gonna make a funny joke and i'll I'll have written it myself so it'll be (laughs) hilarious and uh he's gonna make this joke basically kind of like yeah we're all a bunch of bums we need to be we need to step it up and join the working class hey that's funny (laughs) so they join the working class so that's the name of the team so they basically barely scrap by rent to just have a house and that's where they're all kind of living and then part of the dynamics of the book is them actually forming a life so obviously my mutant is scarlet witch 
which is kind of interesting because, well, she should have been the easy magic choice. Right. No, she was hard, and she was one of the few mutants on the Avengers Force Work team that I could find. My magic-based character is actually Tigra. That's how she gets her powers. That's so true. I'm going to give her an upgrade. She's actually going to be able to metamorph back and forth. So Ooh, she'll look wow. like a normal woman, and she'll also be, um, uh, be feline-like. But I'm also going to play on the She-Hulk thing. It's actually going to turn out that while she's getting her life back, she's not you know, not as beautiful. Her physique isn't as alluring. So she's kind of like, wow, people pay more attention to me when I'm Tigra versus when I'm, you know, whatever her secret identity name is. <laughs> so there's going to be that inner turmoil where she's kind of like, maybe I should just give up my humanity. But at the same time, it does feel refreshing to go grab a drink after work instead of just fighting crime and right. waiting for the next disaster. Um, U.S. Agent, like I said, he's going to be a character that we're going to rebuild. So he's my street-level fighter. And then I just figured, you know, Wonder Man is a personal favorite of mine. So I was like, well, what the hell? If I can put him into this project, I'll bring him along. And I figured, like I said, Ant-Man's probably going to be the anchor of the book. So he's going to be the unofficial team leader. So I like that because I'm going to play a little bit of the dynamic where it's like U.S. Agent thinks he's the leader. But in reality, everybody goes to Scott because they're like, we're all a collection of losers, but this guy's a dad, so he kind of knows what's going on every now and then. So, the working class. I like it. You know, spin-off book from the former members of Forceworks. There we go. When uh, I originally thought of the, uh, the, the the name of the group, I I, I definitely had like a uh, Spider-Man in in in, uh, in mind because, you know, Spider-Man, Peter Parker was always worried about money and you know, he'd always had the balance. What, what kind of work did I get done while also trying to save people's lives? So I'm glad you went with Ant-Man and you went with these other characters that uh, aren't Tony Stark billionaires and they're not yeah. Reed Richards inventors. <laughs> and, you know, because as much as they like to say that, you know, Marvel is the the average Joe comic book because our heroes aren't, aren't uh, you yeah, know. We're relatable. Yeah, we're relatable. <laughs> like, uh, no, Tony I, Stark's not that relatable. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have his problems. <laughs> Hell, trying to grow, like, I can grow a goatee, but trying to cut it like that is a pain in my ass. That is not relatable. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm, I really enjoy, I really enjoy that, uh, that team you put together. And then awesome, the, the reason. Um, I also thought it was funny that you, you brought up the, the movies and stuff because, uh, you know, for the longest time, Marvel always had the Marvel comics in Marvel. Like, you know, they had, uh, at one point, Steve Rogers drew Captain America. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So there was always the, even, even I remember one time, I'd say the early 2000s, when they released uh, copies of the books. Oh, yeah, the are, Marvel Comics that, comics. Right. So the Spider-Man book that you could read in the Marvel year. And yeah. And they looked like a monster. And then yeah. there was the, the X-Men. people which, or X-Men, I think, but that, yeah, they were horrible looking. And yeah. they were part of a government uh, group that, you know, go out and do things. But uh, So I wondered, is in the... In the Marvel U, is there the Marvel movies? I mean, are, are Marvel movies doing Marvel Studios doing just as well in the Marvel U as the as they are in the real world? You know, that'd be funny because now it's like now we they could actually totally honor Kevin Feige, Feige, yeah, Feige. They could totally be like, here's the you know because we got Coulson, he's now part of the Marvel U, exactly. So you could totally have because I mean we know Stan Lee and Jack Kirby are part of the Marvel U. They've walked side by side with their characters, mm-hmm. so you could actually have Kevin there, and it'd be funny because he'd constantly like. You could maybe do it as a play on stuff like, you know, like there's these other group and they're making superhero movies and they're fantastic. But there's you guys. We want to make real documentaries. Or, and so Kevin's constantly chasing them over. You know, like Daredevil, wait, listen to me. Listen to me. You know? I have this idea for a show. Bruce Banner, call me back, please. I, I've got an idea. That could be something fun, a little tongue in cheek. That, that's, so, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So 
mine was the the name that you gave me was the custodians. So <laughs> uh, I I mean I I sat there and I'm like, well, do I literally want to go and look for people that have had that, <laughs> that use like brooms and you know mops as weapons or you know something like that or soap. <laughs> And don't 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 doubt it. I went and looked. I went to see if there was anybody oh, that had, had, had those things. Paste pot Pete, right? Yeah, paste pot Pete, probably. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, we did. I didn't end up quite going that way. One of my favorite moments in recent comic book history, and by recent I mean within probably the last fifteen years, because <laughs> the book's a lot older than I, I would like to admit. Uh, but is that uh, new Avengers book? When they started up again, and you know, Cap, Cap, and and I think it's Iron Man. They formed that new Avengers team. Oh yeah, yeah because yeah. of the raft, because right. of what the happened jailbreak, on the raft, yeah, the jailbreak, yeah. yeah. So uh, and Cap sits there and he's like, "This is the way it's supposed to happen. This is our team because these people were here when we needed them. Yeah, they responded without heed, without need. They just did it. Yeah. So we had all those those people on the team. So I like the idea when when stuff like that happens and these people find themselves together in that." particular situation so in my um story my pitch it's a typical afternoon weekend afternoon in new york because that's where marvel usually takes place marvel hero (laughs) so if you're a bad guy in the marvel you go to denver why yeah why why do you commit a crime in new york city it just doesn't make any sense but uh, that's what we're doing so we're at the new york city metropolitan uh natural history museum now, I always hear about these museums that are over there. I've never been in New York City myself, so I don't know. <laughs> Do they really but, exist? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a very special day because a certain doctor from uh, New Orleans is coming up to give a talk in the museum about uh, the the what is it's, it's a the voodoo religion that it comes from. You know the oh yeah the, the mysticism voodoo and the all mysticism. that. Yeah, uh... exactly. So uh, he it, a one uh, if you know him in his. Oh, their persona is Doctor Voodoo. Okay, okay. I don't know. I'm pretty sure so he's still sick. around, right? Yeah, no, he's oh, yeah. he should be safe because actually, I think he was the latest Sorcerer Supreme. Right, he was, and then they gave it back to S- Stephen Strange. I assume. I think so. Yeah, yeah, but no, I know he does exist because he recently helped hide the X Men. He took the X Mansion with several other Mystics, and they hid it in limbo. So, so ooh, yeah, that's right. Very interesting. Yeah, so he's so there. Yeah. He's uh, giving a, a talk that afternoon on. Uh, on on the the background and the history of uh, voodoo and, and the religion that it, it entails, I, I don't quite remember what the name is right now. But um, with that, a young Billy Kaplan is meeting up with Hazmat now. Ooh. Why these two would would uh, be hanging out together? Because I I really feel like the the their their characters would definitely be two that would want to talk. Because Billy, uh, being the son the son of Scarlet Witch and, right. uh, you know, also being homosexual would feel very outsideish, even in this, this own community that he's in as Hazmat, who's a person like Rogue, can't, who at the time, a oh, certain time, most of the she, time, yeah, she she's... can't, she can't be, she can't touch anybody. She can't uh, be around anybody without her containment suit. I believe they've gotten rid of that by now. You know, actually, to be honest with you, I don't even know if she's still alive. According to Wikipedia, she is. Oh, she is? is? Okay, good, because I know they did that big, oh, man, it was Avengers Academy, and they put him on that island, and there was, like, the 
whatever that that movie was that's the with the ninja kids and they have to fight to the death. Oh, like Battle Royale? Yeah. <laughs> they totally took Avengers Academy, all the young heroes and stuck them on this island and made them kill X-20 each other. was X-23 was there, yeah. And, wow. And it was all like arcade. It was all him just being like, "That's what I do." <laughs> and it was like Oh my god! Well, I, I feel like the two of them would would be hanging out together, and they 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 want to go and listen to uh, this what what it is that Doctor Voodoo has to say because Billy Kaplan's obviously very interested in in magic. He at one time, you know, at, at the time when they were deciding who was uh, going to be the new Sorcerer Supreme, he was one of the options. He was a contender, yeah. So it, I think it'd be interesting, especially with uh, how much power he probably contains being the the son of Scarlet Witch. Well, and it's funny he's got such character growth because could you imagine? Okay. He doesn't study magic. He doesn't know jack squat about it. And look what he can do. Exactly. What happens when he does? He does when he can actually. Yeah. Learn. And it was funny when I looked him up on Wikipedia. I I, I knew him by the two names. I knew him by uh, Asgardian and Wiccan. Yep. But apparently they've given him a whole bunch of different names now. Oh yeah. Well, that was a big joke. I think he's in the. I think he's in the new Avengers book, and it's kind of like. They're five issues in, and I think he's had six code names. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of the decide. joke, you know. It's okay. like I'm going to be this today. Fair I'm going to be that today. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of them are there at the museum, and they're they're ready to hear this speech. Uh, now, another person that's there, and it's just because she's there because she wants she likes the museum. She wants to go. She wants to go and look at stuff. Is uh, one Patsy Walker. Ooh, nice. Okay. So she she's, and a little bit of TV. I like that. Yeah, exactly. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, and this is who I envisioned to be the leader of my team, Patsy Walker. Oh, really? I know okay. it's, it's it's strange, but I I really feel like she uh, with with her history and now with uh, being part of the of, of the TV show, she's she's ready for her character to become more of a. Uh, uh, a star, not not a star, but like a. Uh, oh, she's gonna step up. Step there, you go. Yeah. Well, I like up. that because when a writer cares about a character, and you get a right writer that cares about the character. Doesn't matter; it's gonna happen. So I like that. Obviously, you've got heart for this character. All right, <laughs> sell me this. <laughs> so we still have one last person to be part of our team. And uh, you're not going to really know who it is until the end of that first issue. Oh, not that. Okay. The first issue, okay. I was scared you're going to be like, not until the first year. Oh, I hate when they do that. Because what was nope. it? Remember um, not doing the, Avengers the, the Initiative when they had that mutant ex? Oh, mutant you're like, who is being typhoid, typhoid Mary? Mary. She's not a mutant. She is now. She, according to us, she is. Yep. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, while in this museum... Um, a robbery happens. Someone wants to come in, and since it's natural history, they are going to steal uh, artifact that's sitting there right there, in the smack dab middle of the museum, because it's supposedly it has mystical powers. You know, it's going to grant the the user thirty thousand wishes. I don't know, you know, something like that. <laughs> so, uh, right in the middle of a, it's a big heist, a big, you know, a big, not even heist, because heist means there's planning. These guys are just. Smash and in, grab. Smash and grab, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Uh, so, but, you know, why why commit a crime like that in the middle of New York <laughs> when you know there's a... <laughs> just asking for your own ass There's superheroes <laughs> just around every corner. Uh, at, and at the, at, so right then, uh, that the team, the, these people all start to work together. Or they don't work together, actually. They all start to do their own thing. And uh-huh. they realize they're not doing it there's way too much chaos going on there's way too many uh, people running around and uh they don't they don't know to work together eventually that's when Pat- patsy walker starts uh calling out orders you know saying voodoo you know go over here uh 
Billy, I don't know she, if she ends up calling him by. <laughs> I think it'd be funny it? for your first issue. As Guardian, go do this, <laughs> and he's just gonna look at her for a bell and go do it. <laughs> and Hazmat, you know, is, take, is definitely like using her powers to not kill the guys because that's what her radiation powers do, but definitely uh, suck the life force out of them to the point where they're not uh, they're immobilized. All right. So um, they can they 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 get all of them to the point where they're, they're, everything's handled, but then. That's when you have the one last guy. And I always like the one last guy that thinks he's going to be able to pull something off. And boom, right when he's about to shoot Patsy Walker in the back of the head, there's a uh, – it's it's a broom. Like a literal like push broom to the to, to his face. And that's when you see this this custodian that was that was sitting there uh, definitely uh, seeing this whole thing going down. And, and there will be panels – if I if I can do as well as Brian Michael Bendis does, you know there will be panels where you see like a broom that was taking out a guy in the background, or you know a dustpan that was placed perfectly, you know. Uh-huh. And when it finally reveals, it's D Man. He's whoa. He, <laughs> he, he, he's working at the museum as a custodian because he, his his life has always been very hard. He, he's he's struggled through uh, uh, drug. Um, dependency and you know having to deal with these powers that he got from the power broker and uh you know living a life on the street and stuff like that you know yeah. he's never really felt know where he his belonged. costume is like hey people threw these away yeah man. exactly <laughs> it's it's literally a costume that used to be daredevils and then a mask that used to be wolverines yeah. so uh he's he's working as a custodian and that's where they get the name because patsy walker's just like i Sometimes you just feel like all you're doing is cleaning up after these people, you know, uh, having to take these people, having to take the trash out, and that's that's where she gets her name, and that's 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 their team. I like that. I actually like the explanation of the team name because, <laughs> well, it's funny because like the Avengers, how did it happen? The Wasp was like, let's call ourselves the Avengers. Well, who are you avenging? No, it just sounds cool. The just, Avengers, <laughs> you know, at least this, and I and I like that because I could totally, especially the the, 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 the the Patsy Walker, I could see her just kind of slumped down with her head in her hand, just being like. That's all we ever do. Yeah, exactly. Pick up this garbage, throw it out, sweep <laughs> it up, you know. We're like a bunch of damn custodians. <laughs> you know, and that's where you should have like, you know, D-Man just lets out like a big old barrel laugh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I really am a custodian, you know. It's like, oh my God, there it is. <laughs> but see, so then for your magic user, you have, we have two. We have Dr. Voodoo and, and Billy. All right. All and right. for your mutant, I, I consider Hazmat a, a mutant. They don't really say where she gets her powers from but i mean i think she gets something be, like that for yeah, as a I, mutant I, whether well, or not it's a a traditional xg mutant or you know she's she's gotten that way and your street level hero is obviously patsy walker yeah even, oh, plus actually i think D-Man. billy i think billy falls under your mutant probably mutant too. too i mean yeah because you know mutant scarlet, scarlet, scarlet witch yeah, yeah. there you go all right i like that that's fun that, that sounds like a really fun book and you've got personalities to play with yeah that's gonna be the neat thing because i mean D-Man, one of my favorite D-Man panels, uh, Avengers Volume 3, Issue 1. So the call lets out, and every single Avenger ever shows up, and they're all sitting in this big like movie theater-like seats, and all the heroes are sitting next to each other, but there's kind of like this big circle where nobody's sitting by, and at the center of that circle is D-Man, because he smells like shit. Because he smells like, like garbage. Yeah. Dude, that's the exact... That's my first impression, because uh, that was my first time ever hearing of D-Man, so anytime anybody ever mentions D-Man in a story, that is the first thought I always have of him, is that particular comic book. It's right, right after they got back from fighting... Uh, well, Heroes Return. 
Oh, they they just came back from that, and because it was funny, because they just came back from one alternate reality, and then yeah, they get kicked into another alternate reality, and they're just, you know, like I think, <laughs> I think it was uh, like Hawkeye's, like, oh man, not again, or something like that, you know. <laughs> and oh. I remember, I remember in that issue, that particular issue, uh, Spider Man is the one that walks out. He's like, look, I got. Other- <laughs> other things going on. It's I like can't... I've got three things happening to me every month. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you, Spider-Man. I have things going on. And then, and then Captain America's like, wait, look, look. Spider-Man deals with these guys that rob banks if, and, and you know other things street level like that. If it wasn't for him, we would have to deal with that. And we wouldn't get to the bigger things that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I always thought that was a, a great little explanation of it. And eventually they put Spider-Man on the team. Yeah. Well, and plus it was neat, too, because I actually remember back then Sandman. Was an Avenger. Exactly. And he was even like, I'll take 10 Spider-Men over one of you. You know, it was like, <laughs> wow, you know, that's crazy that he's sticking up for him. So, yeah, it, that, that was, God, what an era of comics. It's so, <laughs> it's so different, you know. It's, it is, it is, it is something else. So, but no, but I like that because it's, you know, again, it's, it's fun taking lower tier heroes and doing something with them. Yes, and, exactly. You know, definitely, you're, you're going you're gonna to take them. I mean, Hellcat, Patsy Walker. She's been around for a long time. She, has. I mean, she was a secret identity before she was a superhero. Mm-hmm. They just took her from their, you know, the fifties era of comic books. I mean, she technically predates the Marvel Age, if I'm if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. So it's like, here's this character you've had. Do something with her. And that she, could be the book that finally. She's shows never really her meant, went past. You know, almost almost never really went past sidekick. Yeah. No, she's never. So, you know. I think it's 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 great. So you have like you have and you also have like her. And uh, Doctor Voodoo, who kind of, uh, you know, they're not, they're not. Oh, is that the romance? Is no, that, well, not, not necessarily. <laughs> they don't have to be the romance. I'm just saying that they are definitely of the same age, the two of them. Oh, so Whereas, I like that. So they'll kind of be they're those close friendships, exactly. And then Billy and and Hazmat are obviously of that age. And then D Man is the older group, one in the group, and he's kind of. I mean, even though Patsy Walker's older he, in publication history and uh, drawn history, right. he's the older guy, so he's seen some things, and he'll be like, well, you know. This is the way that Daredevil used to do it back in the day, and this is the way that uh, I remember when uh, you know New York, New York used to be this, and then you know stuff like that. So <laughs> I, I like that, like because you know one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid, and felt like fuck, still one of my favorite cartoons is probably Gargoyles, you know. And you oh, had yeah, you had one. the Hudson character who was just like, look here, lad, you didn't know exactly <laughs> how it used to be, and you know, so you need that old guy to just be like, you guys are stupid, <laughs> you're going about this all wrong. All right, so now the big question about your book. What's D-Man's costume look like? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I wanna... Do you keep the traditional Daredevil yellow with the Wolverine mask? <laughs> Do you modernize it? Do you? I mean, hell, you could, you could actually, as a joke, because, all right, so Wolverine's dead, but he's kind of gone to, or, well, his costume kind of lives on with X-23 being the new Wolverine. Right. So maybe you give him the brown version. And then you could take the red Daredevil costume or the Daredevil armor or something like that. Yeah, definitely give him the Daredevil armor from Shadowland. Yeah, <laughs> have him wear well, that. And you know, it, it's funny and and what a what a neat little connection. And I, I just it, this just happened to me right now. Manhunter. The Manhunter did the same kind of thing where it's like, oh, Police Impound has these Azrael bat gloves. I'm wearing them. They're mine now. <laughs> so it's funny that it's like these neat little items kind of reappeared. And they did something else. Right. So I, because, okay, so something for me that I always geeked out and I was like, why did they never do this? So remember when Captain America had the energy shield? Yes. Why was that never put in Bucky's arm? 
That would made complete sense. Right? Why, why, why? <laughs> so obviously he carried the real shield. Okay, that's cool. Not a problem. But like the minute there were the two caps, they should have been like, all right, we're going to install this little upgrade in your arm, and bam, you have a Captain America shield all the time. <laughs> I was like, why Why is this not happening? <laughs> well, I mean, when when they had the two caps, it was what? Bucky was uh, the was Cap, and, and Cap top was cop. Top Cop. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't, he didn't carry around a shield. I guess that's true. He was like, I'm too busy drinking coffee on the shield helicarrier, son. <laughs> he had all of shield. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well played. <laughs> Okay, well there you go. There's our challenge for this week. We've uh, I think we've successfully created our own uh, team. So Marvel, get back at us. We would we would love to write these this book. You aren't doing anything with those characters, I don't think. Hey, so we can help you get a couple bucks out of it. <laughs> give me a limited series. I will give you a lovable book. <laughs> And who, who, I mean, in this day and age of, uh, of, uh, the middle class struggling to, to get ahead, who wouldn't love a work, a working class book? The name of that book just screams for middle America. So there well, you the go. Well, the custodians, I, I, I like, you can almost make it sound like universal mystical, you know, like the custodians <laughs> of the universe, there you, you know? <laughs> no, they're just custodians. <laughs> it would look great as a Marvel movie. Ooh. <laughs> All the comic panels and bam, custodians. <laughs> uh, so you're welcome, Marvel. <laughs> uh, and there you go. Um, what did you guys think of our of our teams? Who would you want to put on those teams? Uh, we'd love to hear about it. Go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter at agent underscore of the underscore bat for myself at at stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. That's where I'm at on the Twitters. And it's uh, Geekly Radio is at Geekly Radio, and where we do most of our talking is Geekly Radio on Facebook. So check us out there. Drop us drop us a line. You know, talk to us. Check out uh, a lot of the articles that we're putting up, and and just you know, what about comic books that you want to talk about? What about comic book events that you want to talk about? What are you, some of your favorite memories? Do you know what? I would love to hear someone talk about uh, what was their first book they ever they ever uh, collected. Oh god! And I, I, we'll save this for the next the next time. But like, there's a difference between the first book you ever bought and the first book that was ever bought for you. Because yep. I know those are two different books for me. Oh well, they are. They are. It's you know, it's something that hey, you saw it and wanted you. It got you to go back for more. Yeah. So you had to finally put out your hard-earned lunch money. <laughs> you starved that day to go buy some comic books. <laughs> so uh, there you go. We'd love to hear your stories. Um, Geeklyradio.com is our website. Definitely go and check that out for uh, our archived podcast. The back issues. <laughs> now what we've talked about last time, or at least our last. Uh, uh, straight up, imagine if proper. Proper, uh, we are going to be a part of the Yuma County Library Comic Book Convention that will be uh, held on Free Comic Book Day on May seventh. Yep, the first Saturday in May. Come on down to the Yuma County Library's main branch. Um, there's going to be comic books, uh, plenty of uh, vendors out there, plenty of events to check out. Just. Wholehearted geekiness all well, geek, over the place. Geek Elite Radio will definitely have a presence out there. We're going to have our own panel. Uh, we're going to try and do a couple live live streams from there, talking to people, doing interviews. But we're also going to have a uh, panel where we just do some comic book games between uh, Chris and myself. Though we will uh, come up with uh, some games that we can have interactive with some people. But we have decided we want to have a contest also. So to end the the uh you know 
idea of free comic book day we want to give you a free comic book so this might be the comic book that gets you into comic books is the question <laughs> you were mentioned what was the first one given to you maybe it was this one right here from geek elite radio from geek elite radio so if you come down to uh the 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 comic book convention at the yuma main library uh and you come to the geek elite radio vendor booth we will have uh entry forms and by forms pieces of paper that you can go ahead and write down give us your your superhero name your secret identity yeah give us the secret identity because uh <laughs> it's going to be hard to identify all those supermen and wolverines and <laughs> i will definitely be helping out identifying all those wonder women out there <laughs> so give us your superhero name your secret identity and an email address that we can get we can get a hold of you at so that you can get your prize we will pick the winner by random at, by the end of the day and uh, get back to them um we will and basically what we want to give away is I will want, I'll give away a trade of the original civil war between captain America and iron man that will be very popular that weekend because that would be the weekend the movie comes out. Yeah. I trust um, we'll all be a little tired because the night prior we'll be watching uh, captain America civil war. So yes, <laughs> Mitch has chosen to give you the original civil war trade. Um, uh, fantastic story. Incredible um, story. That, that, that was it was very groundbreaking for its time, and obviously, obviously it, it's held the test of time because it's getting its own comic book sequel, and it's going to be probably, I could predict, I think that'll be the top-grossing Marvel film of all time by the time this I, thing... I don't doubt it. I mean, yeah. you know, to think, just, just to me, uh, the, just that, <clears throat> that, that storyline in, in general was, how many times in comic books do you see two superheroes fight? Always ends up being just just because it was some kind of mistaken identity oh, yeah. thing or you know whatever reason they hypnotized me. And I had the, bad juju exactly, yeah. and then the two of them eventually be like, oh well, we're we're, we're both yeah, heroes. We're, we team up, let's, we fight let's the go villain. Fight that yeah. other guy. This was a reason. The, the two sides had a reason to to disagree and need want the other to to not win. I mean, like this wasn't just oh, eventually there's going to be another villain that the, the two sides are going to team up against and, and go after. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, Dr. Doom was the bad guy behind it all along. No, it was just two different way it was. ideas, yeah. you know, ideologies. But So yeah. it's a great story. What is the story that you're going to give? All me? right, so the book that I'm going to be putting out there for you guys, it is Justice League Origin. So um, with, you know, Batman v Superman, Donna Justice, we, we started discovering that there's more superheroes out there in the DC Universe. And Justice League Origin is basically the start of the current modern-day universe, the DC New 52, as it's been called. And Origin is basically how the new Justice League was formed. Why did Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg, why do they team up? Who is this dark side guy? What's he all about? So this is the book that's going to start it all. It's written by Jeff Johns, and I feel if you are very interested in the DC cinematic our dc extended universe as they call their movie land and all that this is going to be a very pivotal book and you know something i was thinking about just to kind of even entice you a little bit more so um, some major stories that are coming in to play with what's going on so right now dc's got the dark side war what was the big story before that the trinity, the trinity war, war yeah. and if you think about this okay um both of our our trades obviously yours is the big motion picture mine was one of the dc animated movies mm-hmm what did they call it? 
Justice League War. War. Right. So it's interesting. So they're really turning this into, <laughs> you know, all right, we've got Infinity Wars, we've got Infinity, we've got Crisis, we've got these catchwords. So that's something DC's trying to bring. So Justice League Origin, this is the birth of the New 52, how the superheroes came together to stop the ultimate evil. It's just a fantastic read. Uh, Jim Lee was on art, so that's going to be a lot of fun, I hope. And, you know, it's going to be great to give that to somebody, and hopefully, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll get you into comic books. <laughs> so that was... Uh... Uh, that that will be our our thing. You the, uh, you won't you won't have to you have to be present to enter, but you don't have to be present to win. Now, what we need to get to is what will be the challenge for the next uh, Imagine If. All right, so our next issue coming out. <laughs> All right, so here's what I've got for you. So I figure we, we obviously you know in my 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 crazy Harvey Dent. Uh, symmetryness of things. <laughs> I've got to bring it back to DC. And recently, uh, Dan Didio posted on his face or on his Twitter something about bringing back Challenge. So Challenge was like his twelve issue book, and it was twelve creative teams, a different writer and artist, and they would team up and they got to use the whole DC universe as their playground, and they basically had a mystery, and you, the reader, also had to solve it. And it was tough because. I don't I don't necessarily know if they knew going into it like okay you know like it, it's going to turn out it was the riddler all the time so you know you had to plant clues that led to it so anyways but I'm going to take this so the book you are going to write it's called DC Challenge so it's a three part story so you're going to have three issues um in all together what it's wrapped around is a murder mystery so somebody's going to die and you got to figure out who the murderer is so who who are you going to kill and who's your murderer okay so that's part of your pitch and then some of the stipulations. Um, so issue one will be set in the golden age. So frame it out for me. What do you want to do? How do you tie it? Things like that. Issue two, what's going to now you can put it in any age you want. Gold, silver, modern, whatever. But it's going to be more like a magic based comic book. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And then finally, the final book, issue three, it, you're more than welcome to go into the Elseworlds multiverse of stuff. So you can take it out wow. there and be like, all right, here's how it actually came about. So you got your three issues. Um, you know, figure out how does this tie in? How does it all link together? Does that make sense to you? It does. Okay, so we've got DC Challenge, a three-part story. It's ultimately a murder mystery. Who was killed? How are they? Or who was their murderer? And part one takes us into the golden age of comics. Part two takes us into the magic side of things. And part three takes us out there into the crazy and the wonderful, the Elseworld. So that <laughs> is your assignment. I need a hundred pages of copy on my desk. <laughs> hundred pages. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, per issue. He's uh, a <laughs> he's a stickler, folks. Uh, he's, he's Parker, a, get me those photos. <laughs> so there you go. There, there, there's the challenge. If you want to jump in on this challenge, I, uh, I beg of you to do so because uh, I think it's going to be <laughs> quite the challenge. This isn't going to be a one hour time thing. This is going to be <laughs> a spend a whole day on thing. So. Uh, we want to, but we definitely want to hear what come you, play along. Yeah, you know? we, we we definitely want to hear your ideas. The, the the call is out there. Avengers assemble, come join us. Um, get in on this. You know, it's, <laughs> comic books are so much fun. Well, like okay, so a little. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little secret origin in there. Uh, I'm gonna surprise you here. So it's funny. Um, for years, I I shopped at my local comic book store, and um, so the the side of town I grew up in, I was closer to one of the other comic book stores. Um, and I think you kind of lived on the other side of, like we lived on opposite sides of town from each other. Mm-hmm. And, but it's funny because we somehow missed each other every Wednesday because eventually there was one comic book store, FanQuest, 
that we started buying from, but we just never ran into each other, you know, and, and it was tough because unfortunately for us, the comic book guys, you know, you walk in there, you buy your books, they get there in a plastic bag and you leave because there was nobody to hang out and talk with because all the guys were in the back playing magic miniatures. And that's fine. I'm not knocking them, but it was always sad because it's like you'd read these amazing adventures and you're like, oh my God, I want to talk about that. And in, in, in none of my close circle of friends, <laughs> I was the comic book guy. So right. I was just like, oh, I'm the loner, you know, like this sucks. And it was funny because obviously with, with theater, you know, being something that linked us, there always was, there was a couple times where it'd be like, hey, you should talk to that guy, Mitch. He knows something about comic books. And I'm sure they probably did the same thing. Uh, oh, exactly. he's talking to this guy, yeah, Chris. And I know, I, I know because we both gave each other the stink eye because I think it was Tristan's birthday at the hotel. Yep. And it, it, this was just an awkward birthday party. No offense, Tristan, but this was uh, whoever set this thing up. But we're all kind of crammed in this hotel room. We're supposed to have a big party, and the majority of us are all strangers. So I think we both just kind of looked at each other in, like, nerd disgust. Like, whatever, fuck this guy. He doesn't know what comic books He doesn't books know are. comic books as well as I do. Whatever. Is, I, I get told all the time, oh, yeah, this is my friend. They know comic books. And they'll walk up and be like, oh, yeah, um, Spider-Man was really cool in the Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, yeah, the 67 are the new one. <laughs> What are you talking about? I just watched the one that's on Fox. And I'm like, oh, did you know it's a comic book? Well, yeah, they make a comic book adaption. No, 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 no. <laughs> Go back and read what's, you know, like nobody knows, you know, like can you recite the Green Lantern Oath, you know, like this is the real <laughs> stuff. So I think finally it was one of the uh, one of the cast plays, I think, and that's where we really started meeting. And I think for you, I think what, what kind of what sold what, what what linked us together. I think I was talking about the Cyclops, the Summers family tree. <laughs> yeah, whenever someone decides they're going to try and take on that Summer family tree and and and, uh, and map it out, I, I want to see that train wreck. So <laughs> I had to see this man that was standing up in front of everybody, being like, "Look, I've mapped it out." And I'd be like, "Ah." He's gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and thus a friendship was born. <laughs> and then, you know, our first fight, who's the true Green Lantern? I'm Kyle, he's Hal, oh, and yeah. we have to be like, uh, I don't know. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, th- so, that, there's the secret origin yeah. of, of, of Chris and Mitch. So, and, and it's just it's fun. It's just fun. Like, I mean, thank you guys for listening to us because this is totally fun, therapeutic, where it's like we get to totally talk comic books. So please join us. You know, if you're an inner comic book fan and, you know, you want to you want to get your comic on, definitely do it because I know we, we kind of, you know, comic books. Yes, the movies are fantastic. The TV shows are great. And that's the icing on the cake. But I want to talk about what's inside that bad boy. That's and right. that's comic books. That's where they all started. So, so come on over and come join us. Come talk about it. If you want to learn about it, please. Uh, we will put our, 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 our years of useless knowledge <laughs> to, uh, to, to work for you, you know? <laughs> like, I still love that one meme you posted where it shows the, the Metron God Batman. And it's like when your movie friends ask you about comic book news, it's like, <laughs> You may enter. You know, like, <laughs> let's do this. Oh, yeah. And there's obviously, yeah, between the two of us, there's been a lot of examples of that particular uh, meme paying off. Oh, God. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it does feel good when you get to be like, oh, no, this is what, this is how this actually happened. And this is what, you know, how it's different in the book. But yeah. turns out Wolverine's not the tallest X Men ever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hugh Jackman. I love you, but <laughs> there you go, folks. Another Imagine If in the bag. Go ahead and contact us, like we said, and those are all the, the places that you can. Uh, but until next time, this has been Imagine If on the Geekly Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.